Welcome to the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I am Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Great to have you here on the Talking Tide podcast. We're going to be previewing Alabama's home game against the Southern Miss Eagles this weekend. The Twitter feed is talking underscore Tide. Be sure to follow us there. You'll get links to all our podcasts there. Uh, you can as well get on uh, any app you choose for your podcast. We're all over the place. Uh, want to thank our sponsors, North River Dental Associates, of course, Peterbrook Chocolatier in Tuscaloosa. Uh, and another sponsor we've brought on board now, DraftKings. We're going to be telling you a little bit more about all three of them a little bit later on in the podcast. But Travis, uh, in the midweeker here, uh, we kick it off talking about this Southern Miss game. Alabama comes in 3-0. and It'll be the Crimson Tide's uh, second home game of the season. Uh, the reset, it'll be a 6.30 p.m. kickoff at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It will air on the SEC Network. Uh, what do you watch for in this one if you're Alabama, Travis? You know, Nick Saban, as he's prone to do with these non-conference games, he was a little keyed up in his Wednesday night news conference, I thought. Uh, maybe not quite like Mercer, uh, but you know, it's definitely a game Alabama is expected to win by quite a large margin. We'll be talking about that point spread a little later in the program as well. Uh, but as an analyst for, for BamaOnline.com, Travis, what do you look for in a game like this based on what you've seen through three weeks? This is more of an intangibles game, right? With Florida just immediately in this team's rearview mirror and the battle that that was down in Gainesville and then a much-anticipated matchup with Ole Miss on the not-too-distant horizon. You heard Nick Saban this week talk about spirit and for his team to achieve to a consistency in terms of a level of play that isn't typical of an ordinary team, the Alabama standard once again being invoked by Nick Saban. So I'll be interested to see what type of juice they have and also availability of some players coming out of a game like Florida. Brian Robinson had some ribs that apparently were tenderized a little bit down in Gainesville, so we'll see what his workload is like. Uh, if it's limited, then certainly Jace McClellan you anticipate taking on even more as that number two back, and then maybe we see more of Trey Sanders and Roydell Williams once again. So just how this team responds in general. Um, you know, and this isn't, unfortunately, the Southern Miss teams that we've seen in years gone by. Brett Favre's not making the trip. Um, you know, it's a team that's one and two. It's only win is over an FCS team and grambling. So, uh, again, I think this is more about, you know, Alabama and how it responds to Florida than anything else. Yeah, a couple of Alabama losses already for Southern Miss Travis. They dropped one to South Alabama in their opener. Then they dropped one to Troy in their most recent game. So uh, I imagine it'll be three losses uh, to Alabama teams by the end of the weekend. A couple things that I think will definitely be points of emphasis in practice for Alabama this week and therefore points of emphasis in this game. One, penalty issues. Alabama's gotten flagged quite a bit through the first uh, quarter of the regular season. That is definitely something Nick Saban's going to be uh, harping on. And secondly, uh, run defense. Uh, 
A lot of problems, as we talked about last week with the running game against Florida. And look, if you shut down Southern Miss's running game, that doesn't tell you anything about how Alabama will defend the run down the road against tougher teams. But nevertheless, that doesn't mean you can't clean up some things uh, the week of a Southern Miss game. Uh, Currently, Travis, the Crimson Tide rush defense, 10th in the SEC, although they're only giving up 133 yards a game, which isn't terrible. That tells you a little bit about how little the ball gets run, period, anymore, I guess. Uh, Rushing offense, 12th in the SEC, 132 yards a game. So running the ball and stopping the run, something Alabama's known for. They're toward the bottom of the league in both areas. And look, Southern Miss is traditionally is the case, as you know, Chase, pretty salty in that front seven through three games. So there is an area where I think Southern Miss, especially with guys like Eric Kitchen and Taj Sykes, guys that you'll see inside against the Alabama offense when it's in its three wide receiver sets, that can cause some problems. Um, Again, you talk about national rankings and conference rankings. Southern Miss, I believe, top three, top four nationally through three games in rushing defense. Southern Miss defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong, 28 years old, Chase. 28-year-old coordinator, the youngest in all of uh, FBS football. So he's got that side of the ball playing pretty well. So that is an area where Alabama, once again, can be tested, and it is. You said it, Alabama right now averaging just a shade under four yards per carry on the season. That's a full yard and a little bit more below where they were at a year ago. So, yeah, they definitely have some things they can work on before they look ahead to the Ole Misses and the Texas A&Ms in the next few weeks. But Southern Miss really struggling offensively. Got a true freshman quarterback they're going to roll into Tuscaloosa with and Ty Keys. Kind of a shame because Trey Lowe third, their starter at quarterback to open the season, the grandson of former Alabama All-American linebacker Woodrow Lowe. So we won't have that legacy play out. But Frank Gore Jr., you talk about legacies. How about his dad? Longtime NFL running back, former Miami Hurricane, but running the football, protecting the quarterback. It's been a real struggle for USM to this point. Nine sacks for Troy last week in that win over Southern Miss. 16 sacks allowed by USM through three games. Yep. Frank Gore Jr., not quite as big as the old man, by the no. way. I, th- I think he only runs hey, 5'8, uh, 190, something five, like eight. that. 5'8, I think, he, yeah, 180, something like that. Yeah, not a big guy at all. Now, Frank Gore Sr. wasn't the tallest guy in the world, but he was a whole lot heavier than 180. Uh, so, uh, uh, Junior, I guess, uh, will need to hit that training table over at Southern, over in Hattiesburg as hard as he can over the years. But, uh, nevertheless, uh, like you said, be kind of fun to watch, uh, the son of, one of the best running backs and certainly one of the most durable running backs the NFL has ever seen uh, in Frank 16 Gore. 16 years yeah. in the National Football League, and he may not be done yet. I don't think he's on a roster right now, but, man, with the way injuries unfold over the course of a season and we're already seeing it in the NFL through a couple of weeks, wouldn't surprise me to see Frank Gore Sr. go ahead and make it 17 years in the league. Yeah, the defense, like you said, though, Travis, definitely the side of the ball that Southern Miss is going to be counting on. Uh, Ty Keyes will be the young quarterback, the freshman that you mentioned, that'll be uh, taking snaps for Southern Miss uh, with uh, Trey Lowe being out. Lowe actually has got a foot injury, uh, Mm -hmm. so that's what will uh, keep him 
out of the ball game. Demarcus Jones, one of the leading receivers for Southern Miss, he's one to keep an eye on as well. But what's you know, you mentioned the Brett Favre years. What has happened to Southern Miss football, Travis? I mean, goodness gracious! But yeah, I was I was there. I was in the stadium when when Brett Favre beat a Gene Stallings team. I want to say that was 1990. Uh, and uh, let, lest we forget, uh, Southern Miss has given Alabama a lot of hell over the years since then. Um, so, you know, I, I can remember the, the famous Tyrone Prothrow catch at the goal line. That was a tight game. I don't, can't remember what the final score was, but when Tyrone Prothrow made that catch, I believe Alabama was down, down. going into halftime. Yeah. yeah. People forget about that. They were actually down in that game. So I don't think it'll take those type of heroics from Alabama this time around, but you know, it's a good question about this downward trend of USM. I think it's also a continuation of the story about the haves versus the have-nots in college football. That discrepancy between the rich and the middle class, lower middle class, mm-hmm. uh, has just grown wider. And they also had stability at the head coach level for a number of years. Curly Holman leaves to go to LSU, but then Jeff Bowers steps in there, does a really good job. Uh, he is replaced. And they've had some good years with some different coaches, but – Last year, it sort of culminated, what, three different head coaches during the course of the season. And I think Will Hall's a good hire for them because he's an in-state guy. He knows the high school ranks. He knows the JC ranks, which, as you know, are vitally important if you're going to be a head coach in the state of Mississippi. Uh, He's regionally strong, having coached at West Alabama, played at North Alabama, I believe, at the four-year level. So I think he can do a nice job. It's just going to be a situation where, and I don't think USM has much of a choice at this point, they're going to have to be patient with this guy. They're going to have to find a way to, you know, resource that program and pump some cash into it because from a facility perspective, even at the group of five level, there are some bare minimums you have to have even at that level these days to compete. I think the beginning of the end for Southern Miss was when they lost Jeff Bauer, and and, and yeah. like you said, that you know the the haves and you know the issue of of money and where it's gone in college football that certainly played a, a huge role as well. If you're in a big conference, you're getting big checks. If you're in a small conference, you're getting small checks. That's just the way it is, and it, it's you know the gap is widened in that regard. However. I think you you can definitely trace back to the Bauer years as the last years where Southern Miss could go to Florida or could go to Tuscaloosa or could go to a big school and hang uh, with athletes. You know, I mean, they've had some they've had some serious they had some serious talent there at that time. Uh, In hindsight, it's twenty twenty. But I think if the Southern Miss powers that be the, the the top end boosters there could go back in time. They'd pull every nickel they had to, to keep Jeff Bauer. Yeah, and it was pretty much deemed there at the end that he wasn't doing a good enough job. And again, they had some coaches pass through there that they had some success with, but it became sort of a lily pad job, right? It wasn't a destination job by any means. And so sooner or later, if you work through that on a consistent basis, it's eventually going to catch up with you. And that's what seemed to have happened with Southern Miss here in the last couple of years. But again, I think Will Hall has a chance to be a Bauer type. You know, I think Will Hall views this job 
as a destination for him because of his ties and his roots to the state and those type of things. So be patient, let him recruit. He understands, again, the JC uh, approach in that state. He has firsthand experience with it. Uh, it, It's just going to take some time, as we're seeing right now. The ticket man, Travis. I jumped on StubHub today, checked out those Alabama Southern Miss tickets. Uh, I'll throw you a number. You tell me if the right number is above or below. Uh, I'll give you – this is not the right number. Uh, but on StubHub this afternoon, uh, I'll give you 15 bucks is what I'm throwing at you. Now, is, is the correct StubHub number for the lowest price in the house for Saturday, Travis, above or below $15? Below. Uh, you nailed it. 12 bucks. Yeah. 12 yeah. bucks you can get in there. Yeah. For, uh, that uh, sounds the, about right. Yeah. The boys on the high end were trying to get about 260 on the 50-yard line. I think <laughs> They're going to have a hard time if you can get in for 12 in the upper deck, right? Yeah, and look, it's a good kickoff from the sense of it ought to be cooler, although with this rush of autumn-like weather that we've had pass through the southeast here in the last 24 hours or so, even if it was an afternoon kickoff Saturday, it looks like it would be really, really nice. So you get into that nighttime kickoff, even though it's 630, you got folks in Mobile and even Huntsville, maybe Atlanta, different parts of the Southeast that, you know, will make that drive over for that 230 kick, especially a week from Saturday when it's Ole Miss instead of Southern Miss. And uh, maybe they're saving up a little bit for a week down the road. But uh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That's kind of where we're at with everybody these days. You play at 6, 30, 7, 8 o'clock in the evenings against an opponent that you're a 40-plus point, I guess, favorite against. Uh, a lot of people are going to make that sort of business decision to stay home and check it out from the Hacienda. You talk about the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots in college football like Alabama and Southern Miss. What about the gap between what the ticket man can get for the – the Auburn game, the LSU game, et cetera, Oof. versus so that, that gap's wide, right? It's I mean, it's a ticket, very wide gulf. Yeah. <laughs> the ticket man's got to do all his damage uh, with a couple of home games toward the end, really. He really does. And I've looked ahead to even Ole Miss, and I was surprised the tickets aren't higher for Ole Miss. Now, LSU before the season was what we've grown to expect from Alabama LSU. It was. Tickets in the 300-plus range in the lower bowl at Bryant-Denny Stadium with LSU struggles. If you waited, I think you're going to do a lot better than that. But, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, I sort of anticipated being a pretty big number at last check. It's not really a huge number just to get in anyway. So it's kind of where the ticket man's at these days. You're right. He This year with the home schedule being what it is, um, He's got a pretty – he pretty much needed to make it before the season uh, on LSU. And then in season, it becomes about premium seating, mm. you know, club seats, uh, the zone, um, those type of experiences is what he's trying to sell as much as anything else. Southern Miss comes to town, and it's like Pops is coming around every corner on him at, at the south side of the stadium, you know? Pops would just it, – it would be – it, you know, it would just be uh, fish in a barrel for Pops. And even even with, you know, the tickets being what they are, 
you know, they're already under face and pops would just keep hammering <laughs> until free until yeah. free. It wouldn't be, well, pops, we can get two for $10 right here. No, no, no. Free, <laughs> free. He liked to go buy the ticket, man, and take those tickets for free from him. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he ticket man he, used to cuss him so, so hard when I was a little kid. He, he'd he'd he, offered $10 for two tickets, you know, like an hour before kickoff and the ticket man would just let him have it. And then, uh, he'd cruise back around that ticket man about five minutes before kickoff. And that ticket man would still be holding those tickets and he, he'd act like he couldn't see pops. You know, he wouldn't even look at pops. Pops once told me if you pick the right game, you can find him on the ground five minutes after kickoff. <laughs> on <Out of> the ground? <laughs> Just, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Pops. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. The Vegas man, we'll check on him as well. Alabama, Travis, a 44-and-a-half point favorite. The yeah. over-under in the Alabama-Southern Miss game, 58-and-a-half. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance, Travis, to, to make money on – the spread or the over-under, you tell me which direction you're going to go on either one of those. Gosh. My score prediction is going to be right at both. I'm going to be a little – I'm going to be a little under on my uh, Alabama pick. I think right. I'm going to have Alabama by probably like 42. So, I'm going to I'm gonna be more in the USM side of things on the spread. And on the total um, – 49 to seven is 56. So, I mean, that puts me right on it. Maybe a little over, I guess. So I guess I like USM and the points, but you know, and the thing is I'm always leery and it still seems like Alabama covers plenty of these that as we know, by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, even the midway point of the third quarter, if Alabama has played the way it needs to early, that last quarter and a half is just going to spin off right. the clock. And so, you know, where do the points come from if you have Alabama laying the 44 and a half, if it's 42 to seven even right um, midway through the third quarter and they played pretty well? Yeah, if, J- if Jalen Milrose running options and whatnot, next thing you know, game over. I guess the go- Southern Miss defense that's statistically anyway not horrible against the run. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go under 58 and a half as uh, the yeah, play I, I would take if too, I had I to guess. take something there. Um, you know, Alabama's offense has sputtered a little bit here and there, second quarter as we talked about against Florida. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I'll say under 58 and a half on that one. All right, moving on in the Talking Tide podcast. By the way, be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel as well. You can catch the Talking Tide podcast on YouTube. Just check it out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We got more coming at you uh, on YouTube as well. Going to thank a couple of sponsors right now, including uh, our primary local sponsors, starting with North River Dental Associates. Dr. Jack Smalley and his team of outstanding dental hygienists do a phenomenal job uh, 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road. You can check them out. The terrarium, the waiting room, they love it over there. You can't have a better dental experience. The phone number is 752-3506. You can also make an appointment at northriverdentist.com. Whatever kind of treatment you might need for your teeth or 
if you're into the Botox treatments or maybe some Juvederm, they're doing that over at Dr. Jack's as well. So give them a call. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier, also in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. There they go. What about those hand-dipped chocolate strawberries? How about that chocolate-covered popcorn? Just among the signature items you're going to find, it is football season, so certainly the football-themed, Alabama-themed goodies as well right there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa again. Never too early to get on top of those holiday season orders. They can take great care of you. Have a corporate order for Christmas, 205-752-0211. Doesn't matter if you're in the Tuscaloosa area or not because Peterbrook ships everywhere. That outstanding chocolate, when and where, when and where you want it, they can take care of you. Peterbrook Chocolate's here. Finally, I want to thank DraftKings, our new corporate sponsor here on the Talking Tide podcast. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsback Sportsbook app on your phone right now. Use the promo code TT, excuse me, TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network abbreviation, TPPN. That's your promo code, and you'll get $150 in free bets when you place just a $1 bet on any football game. You cannot beat that deal. Uh, so check it out again. It is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We'll be telling you more about that as we move along in the Talking Tide podcast as well. Again, the Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. Check us out on YouTube as well. Travis, we'll look at a couple of games around the Southeastern Conference before we get out of here, as we always do. Not a terribly exciting slate of SEC games, in my opinion, Travis. Tennessee at Florida, not what it used to be. Uh, we'll start there, though. Do the Vols have it? Uh, to play, to go down to Gainesville and give the Gators all they want. Maybe they catch Florida a little flat-footed, a little disheartened after a home two-point loss to Alabama. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I'm interested with seeing in Florida, too. We talked about it with Alabama and Southern Miss on Saturday. What does Florida have left in the tank after that 60-minute war with Alabama at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium? So, Intangibles, again, one of the biggest things you'll be looking for because I think from a talent perspective, the scales weigh heavily in favor of the Florida Gators. How does the quarterback situation play out for UF? Does Emory Jones have another quality start in him after the Alabama performance? What's Anthony Richardson's availability like after sitting out the Alabama game? So I think this will tell us something about Florida especially with a big road trip to Kentucky coming up a week from Saturday. What would it do for Heupel to go down there and, and, and knock off those Gators right out of the gate? And a, lot his of at Tennessee? a lot of cachet would be banked. There. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt about it. How about Texas A&M against Arkansas? I believe that's going to be a neutral site game. I think yep. they tee that one up in Dallas, right? Uh, Arkansas, of course, the big win over Texas. Can they take down the Aggies as well? Yeah, if you like line of scrimmage games, this ought to be right up your alley, similar to Alabama and Florida last Saturday uh, with what Arkansas likes to do with how dominant Texas A&M is and its front seven especially, and then also with the backup quarterback in play 
for the Aggies and probably having a lean on Spiller and a chain and those backs more so than they anticipated before Haynes King went out against Colorado. Yeah, should be a fun one in the Dallas area. A couple weeks ago, I would have told you I like A&M maybe pretty big in this one. Eh, with the current status of these teams, not so sure what we saw from – how about if you're an Arkansas fan and you beat Texas and Texas A&M Oof. in two out of three weeks? Talk about cache. Talk Hedden. about cache for, Sam for, my, for, for my guy. My yeah, guy, Sam guy. Pittman. Yeah. That Walmart <laughs> yeah. money, that Walmart money has been real good. Yes, it will. That all. Yeah, yeah, Tyson that would be. chicken money. That Tyson chicken money, too, you know. Huge for the Razorbacks if they could knock off uh, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Finally, LSU at Mississippi State. Maybe a little bit of a revenge game. Hard to say, hard to believe we're saying that, Travis. But, of course, LSU got knocked off by Mississippi State to open the season last year. Blew everybody's mind because LSU was coming off a national championship season. Well, it turned out LSU wasn't any good, uh, <laughs> and nor, nor, nor was Mississippi State. Uh, however, after last year's game, you got to think the Tigers are going to go to Starkville uh, wide awake. Yeah, you know, and LSU just refused to play zone against Mike Leach in that offense in that game a year ago and got lit up. So I'll be interested to see if O and the defensive staff at LSU play some zone yeah. against Mississippi State this time around. Um, it looks like LSU's getting a little healthy, more healthy on both sides of the ball at a couple of key spots, one in the secondary, one at running back. And you saw LSU at least against a MAC opponent last week. We saw some more options expose themselves, reveal themselves, other than Kayshawn Butte at the wide receiver position. Max Johnson with five touchdown passes. He needed a sort of feel-good game after a somewhat rough start to the season. So I think that line, I think LSU may still be favored, uh, even on the road as a road dog. But Memphis, uh, excuse me, Mississippi State also coming off a tough one in that two-point loss at Memphis. So, should be a good one in Starkville. Should be really competitive. Picking winners for those three before we get out of here, Travis. I'm going to take the chalk in two of them. Give me LSU over Mississippi State. Give me Florida at home over Tennessee. But I'm going to pick the Razorbacks to get it done and knock off A&M. What about you? Yeah, gosh, Arkansas just has had so many – struggles trying to get over that A&M hump. I'm going to stick with A&M, um, but I'll go the home team in Mississippi State. Those home dogs, you know, sometimes teeth. they have really sharp teeth. So I'll go with the home Bulldogs of Mississippi State over LSU. What was our third game? Tennessee at Florida. Yeah, I got Florida. Take yeah. Florida there. Got to take the Gators. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check us out this weekend on the Sunday Nighter when Travis and I reconvene and recap Alabama's home game against Southern Miss. Until then, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tide.